As we continue the month of July, we are super excited for our guests today um, and our conversation about just toxin-free living and how it's one little thing at a time um, and not some big changes that we have to do. Uh, but first, Dr. Jess, what is in your glass today? So today I have some kombucha. So I've got some live probiotics. This is a pineapple peach. Uh, it was on sale when I was at the store. So <laughs> I'm giving it a try. It's actually pretty good. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? I have same. I'm plain lately. I'm just water. Same, <laughs> even the same cup and everything. Uh, water. That is what I drink a lot lately. So I love it. And so we have a guest with us today. Her name is Kelly. So Kelly, before you introduce yourself, what's in your glass? Oh, I just have good old ice water. Yeah. So okay. Okay. <laughs> two of us Staying hydrated. I like yes. it. Uh, so Kelly, why don't you give us a little intro? Tell us a little bit about you. Cool. Okay. So thank you so much for inviting me. This is really cool. And I'm really, really honored. So uh, I'm Kelly Dunlap, obviously, and I am a functional nutrition, hormone and mindset specialist. So I really help women who are 35 and over to um, optimize their hormones and lose weight without quick uh, fixes or restrictions. Um, I very much speak to the woman who I used to be. And, you know, as you know, we are all on our journey. And I used to be a very all or nothing mindset type of a person. I struggled a lot with alcohol. I struggled a lot with binge eating. I struggled with, you know, being perfect of the week and then a complete mess on the weekends. And I would start over on Monday and, <laughs> you know, I would, I felt like a fraud in some regards too, because I would put all these toxins in my body on the weekends and, you know, party it up. And then on Monday I would, you know, show up as the, you know, personal trainer, wellness, uh, instructor so on and so forth. But, um, after, you know, so many years of, of doing that, I realized that that is not the life that I wanted to live. So my journey really began, um, when I was 14 and that's when the struggles, you know, started. Right. And, and we all, uh, hope to find our passion through our pain. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, I found a lot of um, safety, I guess you would say inside the gym. And when I was in the gym is when I felt my most fulfilled. And there was always this um, hole, I think that I was always trying to fulfill by, you know, um, erratic behaviors and, and just being, uh, you know, promiscuous and, and just not, um, functioning in, in an optimal way. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to do and be better. And I just wasn't sure how to do it. And I just kept going. I just kept going, even though I knew I was struggling, I just kept going. And then, um, over the years that just evolved into recognizing that, Hey, you know what I could try to extra out exercise my bad diet, just like my clients here, or I can evolve in my education uh, for myself and for others. And that's when I really dove into more of the mindset behaviors and became certified hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, functional nutrition, um, hormones, you know, all of the things It was like, I just dove head deep into, into all that. So that's a little bit about my journey. You know, I'm 50 years old. I live in Michigan. I, have three children. I have two adult boys and one little girl that was the surprise. And um, <laughs> my journey is, is just continuing, you know, to evolve as well. 
And um, I'm always looking to learn um, from, you know, other professionals like you and always looking to expand, um, but also more importantly, stay grounded at the same time without feeling like I am leaning into a, I'm in a hurry or I have to get, get this uh, overnight. You know, I have to flip this switch overnight. And that is something that is part of my mission is to really help people to, to recognize where they are and not compare themselves to others. Just know that, Hey, there are going to be some things that need to stay right now to keep your sanity. And there are some things that that, you know, you can let go of and really, um, you know, excel at, and then you can work on those things. That's kind of the way that, that I look at things. It's like, Hey, if I'm working with a client, cause gut health is one of the big things that I work on too. Mm -hmm. And I say, Hey, you know, sometimes we have to brush our teeth while we're eating Oreos in the sense that if I say you have to eliminate all these things right now, it's going to trigger that all or nothing. So, you know, brushing your teeth while, while you eat Oreos kind of thing is the analogy that I use and they always chuckle. Um, because it is something actually I learned that from my mentor and I just say it all the time, <laughs> but it's, it's the, it's the best way to say it because it's like, Hey, listen, the greater good is, is slowly changing these habits and slowly making the turnover on that cellular level in your body. And sometimes we have to do it like that. So sometimes we have to do because we, we're working with this brain and our brain is always going to look for the path of least, least resistance, or it's always going to try to collect evidence as far as like why this isn't a good idea right now, you know? So <laughs> sometimes implementing things like, like that is the way that I look at it. So, yeah, I love that. And it really goes with like, what we want to say, what we always want to do is just little things. It is one little step at a time to make a change. Um, it, it truly, I feel like that 180 switch all or nothing, as you saw it, is not obtainable and it's not sustainable. Um, if you just try to do it all at once, it's finding one thing you can change and then the next thing, and just kind of slowly going down that path. Yeah. And it, you, a lifestyle it will always change. present itself to you as well. Right. You know, it's like when you, when you move down that path and you continue down that path, things are always going to come your way and say, Oh, Okay. Cause you're, you're more open to it and you're more receptive at that, at that point, instead of always turning around into the known habits, that's just going to keep you stuck in that same, same place for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, so much of that resonates with like a lot of what we've been talking about this month of like, yeah. really, it's not all or nothing. It is like, it is imperfect. I think I'm going to actually like borrow that, like brushing your teeth while eating. I, know, I, like, that. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like, I, I didn't create it. My mentor did. And I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think, it, but it, I think it really gives you the visual of like how imperfect the journey really is. And so the point of going on a journey to like improving yourself is, which is kind of like everything we talk about in this podcast is that it's a journey. Like what you're learning along the way it's obviously we're going towards the destination always but it's like it's it's enjoying the journey like actually yeah. like i know it sounds crazy but like you can enjoy it like yeah. it can be something that is fun and fulfilling and not overwhelming sometimes the journey starts with some switchbacks it gets a little hard not overwhelming or unbearable nothing that you can't handle and then it'll level out a little bit yeah. And then the journey might involve crossing a creek, right? And so now you're having to like navigate, not falling face first into like brushing water and get your socks all wet. 
So there's <laughs> going to be like some careful steps you have to make and then it levels out again. And so that's the whole point of like, if you can think of the journey that way, it completely reframes the process. And so now it's like, Ooh, what's, what's up next around the bend? Like what yeah. can be? And it, it, it becomes like something that you want to do something that is, you want to research, you want to look into, you want to ask for some help. And it's not something that somebody's telling you that you have to do. Uh, so it's a completely different um, mindset. So that being said, like what, how do you start with somebody? Let's say it's like the very first time you're meeting them, you know, Mm -hmm. like what's your typical, like, what do you want to gain from them? What do you want to know? Like, where do you like, like that kind of stuff? Absolutely. And that's a great question because oftentimes people, they, they're not going wide enough for lack of better words. I like to go way upstream because I can recognize where they are at downstream a little bit better because when I understand what more of their history is in the sense of, um, you know, maybe they've had some, I don't like to really use the word trauma, but I mean, it's, it's, everybody can understand the word trauma, but oftentimes there's a lot of unresolved emotions and a lot of toxic thinking that gets developed, um, in a much younger stage. And it might not even be childhood sometimes. Sure. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I can usually recognize, I personally come from an alcoholic abusive home. So I can usually recognize, you know, when people have these people pleasing behaviors, um, and also when they start to lean into, you know, certain ways of being and doing, I can usually say, Hmm, you know, I, I can recognize that, Hey, the way that you're operating, the operating system that you are currently under is because of, Hey, you became a master people pleaser because of your environment. Cause I know that's what happened with me is, Oh my gosh. Like if, if you don't people please, and if you, um, ruffle any feathers, it's like walking on, you know, it's like ticking time bombs everywhere. Right. And so typically where I like to start with people is to just kind of get a feel for their, their past and just kind of like those patterns, because people typically don't change their patterns unless they own massive radical responsibility and saying, I am just done and I surrender and I really need to change. Right. So a lot of these things come from, from way back, which hence creates coping behaviors, which then creates stress and metabolic dysfunction on the body. Right. So, um, so that's really, you know, the direction that I take is like, I really want to know, I really want to know how far back we can go to, to just start to see where those patterns um, come from. Mm -hmm. So I hope that makes awesome. sense. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think like we do, like, obviously like in PT, it's similar, you know, of like kind of just getting a good understanding of the background. And yeah. I think oftentimes people want to start with like where they are right now and move forward. And yes. this is yeah. understandable. And I get that. I totally get it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like, if we actually create a solid foundation by like understanding the past it like helps you actually not repeat things that didn't work and, and put things in place that most likely will work. And so like really working with somebody that understands the importance of pausing, take the history and like, you know, just really make sure that we're on, on equal, equal ground. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's not a rushed thing by any means. Absolutely. As I say, physical therapy, I see a lot of times people, people see where they, 
they don't realize where they are now. What they remember is 15, 20 years ago when they could run five miles. And today they can barely walk 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but their mind still remembers that. And that's what they want to be able to do. And they want to be able to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so just like kind of that processing of like, hey, we need to like realize like this decline didn't happen overnight. So the reverse isn't going to happen overnight either. You know, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work, but you could definitely get there. Yeah. <laughs> That is so, so true. And people base decisions made off of these, these past experiences too, right? They, they kind of get delusional for lack of better words, you know, and oftentimes too, and and you might agree with this as well, is that I deal a lot with women who are, they don't know it, but one of the root issues that they have is fear. They're fearful of making the change. They're fearful of judgment. They're fearful of failing. They're fearful of not being able to be consistent. And oftentimes I have to bring that up and take the lid off the trash can for some people and just say, Hey, listen, you know what? One of your core problems here for lack of better words is fear. But the great news is, is that when you start to hear these toxic thoughts, for example, that's when you have to get really, really present with yourself and ask yourself the question, is that my truth? Is that really my thought? Do I really believe that? Is that going to help me move the needle in the direction that I'm moving towards as well? So, so much of our actions are based on the vibration, I guess, of our level of thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think where that, that history comes in as far as getting them a good understanding as far as where the person is so I can meet them where they are and just say, Hey, let's kind of un- unravel this a little bit. And then we need to rewire some of these things. And a lot of times people are excited when they start to recognize like, Oh, I almost did that. I almost did it, but I didn't. And I caught myself. And then that actually <laughs> gives us these, you know, huge wins for the day because they're recognizing that they caught it and they didn't go back into that autopilot because the subconscious is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, more or less like that fear-based thinking, like mm-hmm. it sounds like fear sometimes I think sounds like, oh, like I'm a, I'm scared of the dark, the boogeyman, whatever it might be. <laughs> fear, right? I mean, when you think of like fear, you think of like scary movie, things like yeah. that. Fear can be very, very different than that. And mm-hmm. I think the fear of judgment and failure are so huge like mm-hmm. I, it's overwhelming sometimes. And mm-hmm. like, in in those instances where you can just tell, like, like the, like, I want to try, but I have all these excuses for why it didn't work for me. And I do like, they're excuses. That's not, it's not real. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if something was specifically asked, like for like a plan of care of like, let's try to implement X, Y, or Z one thing. And, you know, person comes back and is like, oh yeah, all, you know, boom, boom, boom. It didn't work for me, whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. What's your next step? Like, how do you help them realize that it is an excuse, but it's not, um, and, and why, like, why are they doing that kind of behavior? Yeah. So a good example would be, um, let's say, for example, I ask somebody to increase their protein intake, right? So as we know, most people struggle with getting their protein in. I mean, we got our fats and carbs down, let's face it. I mean, that's easy, right? But protein is something that is, is kind of a struggle. And this is a really great example of that is that 
like you said, it's so true. They categorize fear in a different compartment than it really truly is, right? There's always, um, their excuses are really the core is, is fear, right? right? So if I were to ask Sally Sue to increase her protein, what typically happens is what the body is going to be like, whoa, I'm not used to digesting this. You know, the body will get lazy and it will only, you know, it gets used to digesting what's used to digesting. So Sally Sue's just always used to giving carbs and fats. It's like, Oh, I got this. But then the minute that she starts to increase her protein, what happens though? Motility, you know, slows down. She starts to get a little bit more gas. She's bloated all of a sudden. Oh no. You know, this is kind of where fear comes in. My body just doesn't like it. Nope. I just can't. So I help them to get, to get used to being uncomfortable right? So getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that this is a prime example of that because they immediately want to, nope, that's not for me. Nope. My body just doesn't want to want to do that. When in fact, you have to allow the body to do what adapt and adjust. Mm -hmm. Then you'll find that you're actually going to be more hungry. Your body, actually your body composition is starting to look better. Oh, your blood sugar is now balanced and you're feeling more amazing, right? If you just give it that opportunity, but we buy so much into the fear of feeling uncomfortable that we just stay the same. Mm -hmm. So that said, it's really about saying, Hey, listen, <clears throat> yep. You are going to have these discomforts and you have got to get used to being uncomfortable. Otherwise we're never going to change ever. And that comes to, down to everything in life, right? It comes yeah, down to everything. I was about to say the same with therapy. Like there is times mm -hmm. where you're going to be uncomfortable and whether it's mm -hmm. physical therapy, going to see a psychologist, like any parts of our life, there's going to be times where you're uncomfortable, but it's going to get you to where you want to go. Yeah. Um, and I like what you're saying because it's not a quick fix. I think so much of our society these days wants everything to be a quick fix. Um, mm -hmm. Everything, you know, just I want it better tomorrow. Yeah. Um, just zip me out of this, zip me out of this suit. Get me out of these discomforts. Let me, I want to go around it. Like Dory always says, you know, you know, Dory goes, Nope, you got to swim through it, not over it. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's the pathway to your, to your freedom is going through those discomforts, you know, just like you guys were saying in the beginning, it's, it's that you, you have to, um, enjoy the journey and the journey mm -hmm. is a very beautiful one. And man, it's not always pretty but it is so worth it. It is so mm -hmm. worth it when you just surrender and expose yourself and just say, you know what? I, I I'm, I'm just take, <laughs> just take the wheel, you know, just lead me. You're right. Right. You know, and a lot of times people just don't want to feel everybody's so used to swallowing, you know, they just, mm, let me just swallow these emotions instead of having the conversations or doing the things that I need to do. Right. And so people are so accustomed to that. You know, which is, which is unfortunate, but I don't want to go way off the rails. I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was, I was, as you know, so we're sitting here talking, Dr. Jess and I have talked a lot about like toxin free from products mm -hmm. to, to food, mm -hmm. to this. And we never really thought I, I'm not going to speak for her. Never really thought like toxin free also means like the toxic thoughts as you're saying, and the way you think about yourself, you know, I kind of always put that in like mental health, you know, but that's a whole nother realm of like toxic living. Yeah, mm -hmm. it really yeah. is. Because when you take it back upstream in the sense that it all starts there because your toxic thoughts affect your behaviors and your choices and ultimately your outcome. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is truly part of it because if you're feeling toxic about yourself in the sense that I'm not worthy or that that's, that could never be me, or I don't believe in myself and, and things like that, then they 
that type of thinking isn't going to take you in the direction of, well, you know, let's make sure that, that my um, perfume is, is toxin free. Right? Right. right. It's just this whole different, it's almost like uh, two different uh, ways of, you know, there's like bypassing each other, right? It's not the, it's misaligned. It's yeah. misaligned. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this kind of comes into play, like a lot of what we talk about is creating the foundation, right? So just like, I mean, I always love the Maslow's hierarchy of needs because it's, it's so easy for people to see that if I have food, shelter, safety, I can then move forward. Right. And so when we start thinking about like our basic needs, like we're safe, you know, we, we do have some sort of nutrition coming in um, and we have, you know, some sort of like, you know, shelter over our bodies. That's like so primitive. Mm -hmm. If we're meeting somebody and those needs aren't met, obviously those needs always have to be met first. So that has to be taken care of in whatever way that might look like. And that's part of screening process, you know, for sure. And, And healthcare is a big part of screening for food, shelter, safety. Then we can start coming up next. And so a lot of what we've taught, what we talk about is kind of up higher in this, like here's like specific like products that for your skin and your hair that are, that aren't full of parabens and sulfates and everything else. But like bringing that back down to like understanding, like what is our belief system in ourselves is really going to be like a very low level of what we need to build off of. And so like, understanding that is going to be huge, hugely important for the journey that that needs to happen. Um, So let's say you've got somebody that we like, we like, it's been like, it's for sure. Like there's definite fear of failure. Um, You know, excuses are coming up. Um, What are kind of like different strategies that you might give them to say like, Hey, I want you to, you know, challenge yourself in like this way or this way or this way. And let's see if we can start to like, Think about how these thoughts are coming up, where they might be coming from, and just, uh, you know, like real life, yeah. like when it happens, try this type. Mindset. Yeah. Oh, one. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> there's two, there's two different things. Um, one is super, super simple, which I learned from Deepak Chopra, and I'm sure that you're familiar with him, but he always talks about, you know, being present. And so oftentimes if somebody, um, let's say for example, um, the woman that I typically work with is she's usually very stressed out, very all or nothing, um, grab and go, um, you know, not, not prioritizing herself as she should, although she, she should be. And if she finds herself in a position of, let's say, um, going down a uh, path of just, I'm having a day and I just want to grab and I just want to grab. So I tell people to take their point, their pointy finger and their thumb. And this is the Deepak Chopra tip. And you, this helps you just kind of get present and you ask yourself the question, what is it that I really want? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I just tired? Do I just need a hug? And oftentimes just taking that little pause of just you know, putting your fingers together like that, it, it does. It helps you to recalibrate. I know for me, when I learned that, my oldest son is autistic. And so he would have a very difficult time with recalibrating his energies as well in the sense of, you know, when he would get frustrated and how to calm down. So then it would create a lot of stress on me. And I would always find myself standing in front of the pantry. And I was like, why? You know, and it helped me to connect the dot where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just stressed out. So I'm standing in front of the pantry. I also was able to connect the dot that when I would do this, that, oh, I'm just standing in front of the pantry because I'm tired. 
right? So it helped me to kind of redirect my thoughts and thinking, right? Because it was like, oh, the autopilot was I'm stressed and I'm tired. Let me go eat, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. then the other tool that I give my clients is I teach them how to do EFT tapping and tapping is just a, you know, it's a tool and methodology that's based off of acupuncture and acupressure, which has to do with the meridians in the body. And once again, it's just a recalibration tool. So my, some of my clients will joke and say, I tapped my face off today because, you know, I just had so much going on and it really helps to, to, um, to really kind of calm things down and helps that whole nervous system, right? So that, like you had said, our body is always just looking back to, to safety. It's just always looking for that balance, looking for the homeostasis and just wants to feel safe, right? It's designed to do what survive and reproduce. Mm -hmm. right. So, you know, we're always looking for like, you know, this, we're always looking for something to, 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 bring us out of a state, even though we, we aren't thinking that most people aren't thinking that. So they, these two tools are helping people to recognize what were my thoughts, what just happened and just kind of help them to reflect and then recalibrate. And then they feel more in charge. So I take the words, I take the, um, EFT and I don't typically say, um, you know, EFT tapping. I basically say empowered forward thinking, because once you, tap through it, then you feel more empowered to move forward in the direction that you desire. That's going to move you, um, you know, towards where you desire to be. So, okay. So like, so with the tapping, like, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm like very practical person. Like, do you yeah. actually like tap or like you can tap or press. So okay. what, what I, what I tell my clients is you can, let's say you're on an airplane or something and you don't want to be, you know, Oh, tapping your face <laughs> off. Right. You know? So I'll just tell my clients that you can do one of two things. You could do both sides of your face or you could do one side, but let's just say you're sitting on, on the plane and you just, you know, tap on these specific point, uh, points on your face. And that does help to recalibrate. So it's, it does, it's very interesting when you go through the process, not sure if either of you have ever, you know, moved through a tapping, um, yourself, but it's very, very simple. And, um, it's really interesting how, even, even when I'm showing somebody how to do it and I I'm not stressed or anxious or feeling uncomfortable, I can still feel a, like a, like a gentle release on my end. Right. Even though I don't feel like I have to come down from something. So it's just really just pressing on it or tapping on it. And there's many ways that I teach it where you can verbally, you know, kind of like a verbal process through it, because a lot of times that's what a lot of people are doing is they're not expressing, they're not verbalizing, they're just holding it in and screaming inside, or they can just press on it and just kind of stay quiet and be inside their mind. Or they can say something that's positive, like, I am safe. I'm okay. Everything's going to be all right. You're beautiful. You know, whatever it is, um, that comes to mind for them. Mm -hmm. So that really helps a lot, a lot of people. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Cause I like, I, I almost find myself like, if you are just kind of like feeling overwhelmed, like mm -hmm. I'm not regulated. I don't think I'm like ready to have this conversation. I can tell I'm going to be emotional instead of like mm -hmm. direct and whatever, you know, whatever sure. happen. Um, I'll usually just kind of like sit and just like some, for whatever reason, I'm pressing my temple, like yeah. I'll usually just like breathe, press my temple and just like intuitively, like it is helpful to like, you know, just kind of reconnect and then say like, what is the deal? And I'll usually just ask myself, that is my, that's my question. 
what's the deal? <laughs> like, like something else is going on and like, take a minute to like, see what that is. It could be something simple. I'm hungry. Right. Yeah. I, whoops. I missed lunch. Right. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just hungry or there's <laughs> other things that are going on. And so yeah. just pausing, taking the pause, but that's like, I like that. Cause like, there's probably more systemic stuff that I could be doing. And that's a little bit more intentional where you would get even more, um, you know, bang for your bunk for time spent during your mental break <laughs> to yeah. get a little further along the path. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's so cool that, that you've, that you've intuitively were going in that spot because yeah. that <clears throat> is one of the areas, you uh-huh. know, and, and that, that's so cool, but, but right. And that's really what it is, is I'm so many people. So to kind of really fully answer your question, I think is that so many people don't hear their thoughts and they're so disconnected to their own body. They're just truly not in tuned with anything. They're just in autopilot and they're just going with the motions like a dead fish in the water and they just feel like they're sinking. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, the biggest um, things that I start with people is helping them to connect and get in tuned and really, really, really recognize where they go when certain things happened and giving them those little tools to ultimately be able to say, wait a second, I need to, like you were just saying, I need to kind of get calm, ground myself a little bit, kind of come, come, come centered. And then Mm -hmm. I can make the choice instead of always going into that autopilot. Cause so many times, and maybe you have, you know, clients that do the same thing. I don't understand why I keep doing this to myself. Why do I keep doing this? It's because they're just not becoming present. They're just full on just allowing that subconscious to run the show and, and just lean into those old habits. Just so easy to do. It's so easy. So easy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the easier path. And I think that's the whole point is that being uncomfortable is not wrong. Uh, it, I always tell people like sharp stabbing, you know, like something throbbing. Okay. That is a discomfort that needs to be addressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when we're just a bit uncomfortable and like we are forced to actually challenge our way to work through that discomfort, that's growth. And that's the only way we grow is by getting through discomfort, whether it's emotional discomfort, physical discomfort, whatever it might be, we have to feel it to understand it and then implement something to get through it. So, I mean, it just is what it is. There's no other way of learning other than being uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's, that's the real, the real answer. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. I think part of, part of the problem too, with people is that they want something tangible right now. And, you know, these things, a a lot of the work that I do isn't tangible, right? Like they, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and having this non-tangible thing that I'm saying, Hey, listen, just trust me on this. You know, some people don't like hearing trust the process, but it's really, you know, seriously, it's like, Hey, I'm telling you, just trust the process. And then you will start to see the tangible outcome that you are looking for. But that's what I think keeps people so um, frustrated or even um, doesn't, they, we don't get a lot of buy-in right away from people is because they're looking for this tangible thing, you know, that, that they're like, I just want to see this tangible thing. I want to yeah. know, you know, right. a number yeah. on a scale, whatever it might be. Something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're connecting their belief mm-hmm. system connects to, I am winning or I am moving. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so. so that's awesome. 
Yeah. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on today. We really yes, appreciate thank it. You. When we're talking about toxin-free living, our thought process of like, let's bring this down and really talk about our foundation and what that looks like with uh, mindfulness and all sorts of other strategies for seeing this as a journey and not just, but you know, tit for tat, cause effect. Um, there's so much more to how we can actually get the most benefit out of le- leading a toxin-free lifestyle. So, Absolutely, yes. All right, so here's our challenge. Our challenge for the week. I think the easiest one is where we put the index finger and the thumb together. So if you're listening, you weren't watching. So it's like you're trying to like, you know, push those two fingers together. And so use that as a way to take your pause and really like see if it's helpful. Um, You know, tapping is obviously something else. Like I'm definitely going to be doing a little bit more um, work on tapping. I really (laughs) like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do have something if you are, you know, if it's okay to share. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, but I, if somebody goes to kellydunlap.com forward slash tap, that will take you to a free um, instructional video from me and mini guide um, mm-hmm. that might be helpful for sure. So, we'll definitely yeah. link that in yeah, the we'll episode description as well. Yeah. Happy to share. Yeah. Cool. I'll be watching it. awesome very good all right everybody well stay tuned for uh we've got one more episode coming up in our actually sorry two more episodes coming up in our toxin free um, lineup and then we will be moving on to leadership after that so stay tuned thank you for listening to the episode today if you would like to learn more about how two gals can support you then join our two gals insiders membership which can be found at www.2-gals.com also don't forget follow us on social media we're on facebook as well as instagram okay everybody bye enjoy your week